have you had enough Sovereign Tech today? Well, don't you worry, there is plenty more to come all throughout this week and much more in the future. Of course, this show is never stopping uh, as we go into the uh, the 20s, the, the 2020s, <laughs> what some are saying will be the new Roaring 20s. Mm. Well, um, before we go into the 20s, <laughs> I mean, we're already there, but before we do, uh, I have another classic conversation that I want to share with you here. And I share it as an addendum to the sovereign tech supplemental episode, uh, that was released last week, which I noticed quite a few people sharing, um, and has been through the roof as far as listener numbers. And I'm honored by that. Uh, there have been some questions, uh, that have come into the show around it. And I think that this, I, I'm going to release kind of re-release, uh, parts of an episode from around the middle of 2019. This episode was originally called live in obscurity. It's episode 329 of sovereign tech. So I know some of you went back and listened to that, uh, that playlist as it were <laughs> that I put in the show notes, um, for the sovereign tech supplemental, uh, episode. That was, uh, what was the title of that one? It was uh, browsers, social media, messengers, and control. And it was Sovereign Tech Supplemental 01-2021. So this episode, uh, or that episode, I should say, had a lot of people saying, well, but I need to be on social media for this. I need to do this, blah, 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 you know, or whatever. And so there's something here that I'm going to read, and it's from the Sovereign Tech Telegram group. Now, I need to also, and yes, it's a need, I need to also give an update on what's going on with Telegram, because as of this recording to this new intro for this classic conversation, uh, Pavel Durov has uh, come out with some interesting stances, and he's particularly tweeted, well, we'll talk about it. But anyway, I want to read this from the Sovereign Tech Telegram group. Uh, which has been, you know, popular, uh, very heavily used and just brilliant conversations happening in their peaceful ones, of course. Um, and this is from my, uh, my brother, my, uh, my, also my co-host on TIE Fighter Renegades, uh, Robin Freebeard. And I don't think that he'll mind, um, me sharing this here, uh, because, you know, anyone can link into the Sovereign Tech Telegram group and see what he had to say. Um, and here it is. Number one, if you're just concerned about your own freedom and privacy, sorry to tell you, but you're on your own. These companies, and he's meaning the tech giants, these companies and organizations have declared their allegiance and it's not to the individual. Stop expecting someone else to come to save you. No one is coming. Waiting for the next app network or site is a fool's errand. I couldn't have said that better myself. Um, and I know I've said similar, but I couldn't have said it better myself. And then he also shared an episode, the, the episode that I am going to clip in here. Uh, and he said, number two, listen to this again. And it was the episode live in obscurity from 2019. Um, of course, Rob's a brilliant guy. Uh, <laughs> and I take his point and I think his point really, really, really needs to get out there. If you are concerned about your own freedom and privacy, then yeah, don't bother waiting for the next app. Don't bother looking around. You don't have to. The ultimate point that we got to in that sovereign tech supplemental that I did 
about the whole situation, about what happened on January 6th and so on, and the reaction from the tech giants, government, etc. The ultimate conclusion that I came to is that you are all going to have to set up your own servers. Okay. Like everybody should be setting up their own next cloud. If you want to be able to communicate with the people you care about, even create little groups and everything, you are going to have to provide the bandwidth. And so setting up NextCloud, popping it onto a Raspberry Pi. In fact, I'll put a link in the show notes uh, because there's an image you can download that'll put NextCloud 19 and it automatically, you know, you just plug in the Raspberry Pi basically to, you know, to an Ethernet cable, boom, 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 boom. And it's, it just loads right up. Okay. And a Raspberry Pi, you can get, uh, I mean, I'd recommend going higher end with the Raspberry Pi, you know, get, get the Raspberry Pi 4 with a gig of RAM. Um, and you might want to put a nice, put a really nice fan on that. Okay. Cause you're going to be using it, you know, basically as a server. Um, but that's, you know, a sub $100 way to take control of your own messaging platform. And that's really what you can do. Um, because telegram, I am now debating how long it is for this world. Uh, in fact, I just had someone tweet at me, uh, Pavel Duroff's tweet, which went live, not, but, a half hour ago is of this recording. Uh, and he, he basically says right here in the tweet, public calls to violence have no place on telegram. And there are multiple groups, uh, groups, interestingly, that aren't considered illegal or problem in, in other countries, uh, other than perhaps America or the United States, I should say, um, are getting banned. Uh, by telegram. Now I want to be clear about this. There's a good bet that most of the banning that's happening within telegram is more so coming from, uh, shall I say activists? I mean, even if you don't agree with their side, they're activists for their side of things, activists who are reporting these channels, um, to telegram and then telegram, you know, looks into it and takes action. I don't know that telegram is engaging in any kind of mass scanning of, uh, you know, or algorithmic look at everything that's going on in every channel. That's a whole other debate. Anyway, there are also other comp or there's organizations suing Apple right now. I know there's been stories in the Washington uh, post uh, about this basically. And for Pavel Duroff to, you know, to go to Twitter about this whole matter, um, telegram is experiencing a bit of a shitstorm, And so it is a debate of again, how long that will be for this world. Um, or how long it will be any kind of bastion. Now, another thing is MeWe has come out and very clearly stated uh, that we are not parlor or, uh, or gab. Um, you know, we, we will not allow haters, lawbreakers, violence, insiders, et cetera. They're not welcome there. Uh, all of these companies <laughs> I mean, are, are, are coming out now and saying, Oh no, no, we're not going to allow for this. Now, if you equate even you know, whatever the reality is around any of that, if you equate that kind of speech with free speech, or if you think that this is ultimately about shutting down free speech or the truth or something like that, I mean, it really doesn't seem like there's anywhere to go. And Rob's point is a hundred percent on. There is no app coming to save you. There is no one else coming to save you. Now this classic conversation that I'm going to play for you and that Rob recommended everybody listen to uh, the clip or the, I mean, it's, it's going to go about an hour, um, that, that I'm going to include again, this is long before the pandemic, long before the events of January 6th. I mean, long before, 
And I basically say in it, you know, we need independent app repositories, right? Because that's, that's the concern right now with Telegram is that, well, Apple's going to, you know, cave and Apple will rip it away from, uh, from the app store. Uh, I mean, you know, we could get into, well, on Android, you could put in, you know, you can install F-Droid and Telegram's an F-Droid, even if the Google Play Store wants to remove Telegram alongside with Apple, because they have been working in concert, it would appear these days. Uh, you know, there, there's nowhere really, you know, that, that's the only way that we could go. It's not uninteresting. And this is, you know, I'll, I'll update here quickly. Um, I have recommended with an Android phone to use the uh, advanced protection program, which Google offers for free. And this is basically a way of locking down your Google account to where you need to have second factor hardware authentication, like a YubiKey or so on. Um, I've recommended this for some time. Now there's concerns because Google's Titan key uh, had run into um, a, an exploit that could have broken that security. You know, we're not going to get into that here. But something that is kind of new for the advanced protection program is that it no longer allows you to install third-party app repositories like F-Droid. And I see that as a major problem because, again, when this kind of stuff is like what's happening right now, that's when we need to install independent APKs, say, of Signal or, you know, install independent APKs or alternative app stores um, that allow for open source software, you know, and whatever else, you know, something like Telegram. But Google is tightening the noose. And I don't think, considering that we know with Android 12, which is upcoming, that they are going to make dramatic changes in how Android handles uh, third-party app repositories, which probably has to do more with enterprise than anything to do with the individual Bottom line being is that, yeah, all the, the news is just getting tightened up on all of this, all of these platforms where, you know, one could argue that activists, regardless of side, could gather. So what do you do? Well, like we said previously, um, you know, it's time for us to set up our own servers, either it be Nextcloud or Sovereign Tech sponsor Free Talk Live did a brilliant thing. In fact, I already set up a group on it. Uh, they took one of my recommendations. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying I gave them the idea. They're smart people over there. I'm just saying that like, you know, they, they also did what I had recommended, uh, which is, you know, they set, they took a, a, a matrix, uh, instance, they set up their own on their own servers that are, you know, far away. And they are basically, they are operating a, a social media service you know, that you can access via element, which we talked about in, in the previous episode, in the supplemental episode. So uh, that's the right move, right? Setting up their own servers, making their own action happen, not relying upon Amazon or anything like that and building their own social media network. And I say, bravo, I'll put a link in the show notes for that as well, um, because I think that's important. And if Telegram gets yanked away, well, I mean, that's my backup is to be, you know, available. Uh, Telegram is still, you know, front and center for sovereign tech, but if that goes away, um, I'm not going to MeWe, unlike other libertarians. I'm not going to, you know, any of that horseshit. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm going to go there. I'm, I already have it set up to where there's already a sovereign, sovereign tech polytechnic group, um, on the, the, what you would call the LRN matrix, uh, server. I'll put a link in the show notes. So if you want to figure out how to do it, you can do it. But that's the right moves. That's what we need to do is set up our own shit. Okay. 
We don't need to wait for some company to swoop in and save the day. All right. We can save it ourselves. Now, if you are concerned, say about, well, how do I get my message out to, you know, people who maybe haven't heard me or blah, 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 blah. You know, like, like how do I become, a how can I become a celebrity in the 21st century without social media? Well, that's where the other part of this live in obscurity episode, I feel like comes in is that it is a reality check on what the hell are you doing on social media in the first place? Like, what is the purpose behind that in and of itself? And how is that, how is that meeting your own needs and desires? Is it? And it gets into the conversation from, you know, it starts with an ancient perspective and then kind of builds up into a modern perspective and what all of that means. And I'll bring it up many times. The, there is a, a French saying that's basically something to the effect of to be happy, live hidden. And I think that's the other part of this that we, you know, well, like I said, reality check that we need to do a reality check on is that why are we interested in like having all of these apps and giving away all of this data and being out there spewing, you know, all of our crap as much uh, anyway, you know, it's, it's valid to want your opinions to be heard. Sure. It's the same reason I do sovereign tech. There's nothing wrong with that, but you know, what are you expecting? What are your goals with all of this as to where, if it's more, I have a right to privacy you know, uh, I mean, rights are nonsense, but we'll just speak conventionally. I have a right to privacy. Uh, I don't want the government to see what I'm saying to X, Y, Z, whatever. Okay. Well, we already have some solutions for that <laughs> and, and, and we can set it up and it's to the point now, uh, and this stuff's been around for so long that it's not that hard. Might take a little learning, but it's not that hard to set up. We have to take these things in our own hands. Silicon Valley, it's abundantly clear whose side they're on, like Rob said. And it's not the side of the individual. It's the side of the state. Don't look there for answers. So this classic conversation, I think you'll find it interesting. Interesting that because it opens up with talking about how the Google Play Store was really uh, reining in certain apps and again, I make the call for we, and, and look, that's nothing new either. I mean, if you listen to the dark Android episodes, um, from, you know, five, six years ago, I mean, I was saying, no, we have to have independent app installs, independent app repositories. We cannot rely. I mean, look, I'll say it here again. The Google play store is a root kit. It's fucking malware. We don't want to rely on that at all. It's awesome that so many people are really, I mean, they are having like that eureka moment right now where what they've always kind of known, you know, I don't like what these companies are doing and this could, this plug could get pulled at any time it happened. And now people are, are wanting to take action. Okay. Yes. But don't, but you need to take action. Don't wait around. And I've been in this game too. Okay. There are technologies that I talked about seven, eight years ago. Okay. That never came to fruition. That never came to be. And I'm never going to get burned again like that. Your shit either exists or it might as well never because the solutions are needed right now. And fortunately, solutions are here. Good ones at that. 
Um, if it gets so bad, if something happens, you know, with, with the LRN matrix or whatever, uh, yeah, I'll have my next cloud where, where people can, you know, we can connect that way. Right. Because I can just set it up to where it's more of an open group. This is where we're at. People are realizing, wow, it's, it's fucking everywhere. I mean, it was funny. I was listening to, um, I was listening to this week in tech. And Leo Laporte was saying how people were calling into his show, the tech guy, you know, and they're like, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want, and it was amazing. Like the phone calls were awesome. You, you have these older, a lot of them, older people. Yeah. I don't want to deal with Apple and I don't want to deal with Google anymore. So I don't want to, I don't want an iOS device and I don't want an Android phone or I, I want a tablet that's not Google or Apple run. And look, I'm going to take the win on just the fact that people want that finally. I've been saying that that's been, I mean, that was part of the whole point of the dark Android project. I've been saying that for years and years and years. I'm so glad that people are finally getting it. Okay. Um, but you gotta know where to look to get the answers, but the answers are out there. There are, there are alternatives to all of this. It's also hopeful that, and I know it's because of the pandemic. It's also hopeful though, that like laptop uh, sales numbers are through the roof. Good. Have people get computers again, real computers that they can more or less control. Cause I don't think you, it's, it's very difficult to really ultimately control the smartphone. You know, I mean, everybody's freaking out and, and there have been, you know, uh, specious claims, but then also now with the Washington post story and so on, you know how, Oh yeah. Apple's just going to rip the telegram app right off of your phone and you're done. Like, you know, you won't even get the chance to use it again. Even if you already had it installed, they're just going to auto delete it. Well, possibility of that happening or not, or capability of that happening or not, just get a real fucking machine. Okay. Where you have actual control of the software on there and there's no app repositories or rootkits that it can even dream of trying. As in, you know, of course use Linux, which we mentioned last time as well, uh, among other things. Yep. It's a learning curve, but do you get it? It's finally time <laughs> it's here. You realize that you don't want to be in the, you know, in the tech giants grasp. Okay. But you're going to have to learn some things to get out of that grasp. And if you want to keep up the level of communication that you're used to, but the answers are out there. That's the beautiful thing is that we don't have to wait. It's out there. You can do it. So I'm sharing this classic conversation. I don't want to spend too much longer in this, in this intro. I'm sharing this classic conversation because it gets very in the concept of living in obscurity, which is an ancient concept gets into the philosophy of how to engage the world. Okay. And ask the questions in today's world of why do I want to be on social media? Uh, what, what exactly do, how do I want to communicate? What level of exposure do I want of my life and so on? And I think it's an incredibly important conversation to bring up. And it's great to have the vindication of, of course, you know, that we've been saying on Sovereign Tech for many years that, hey, this day is coming because you'll, you'll, you'll absolutely hear that uh, in the clip that I've, that I've included. I have no, you know, me, I have no interest in being any kind of, you know, major celebrity. Um, I enjoy doing what I do. I enjoy entertaining and informing people and all this. I mean, that that's, that's great. Um, but I sure as fuck, and, and you'll hear me explain more in, in, in the clip, um, or in the episode, uh, you know, that I don't, I don't want everybody to know my name. Um, I don't want to be regarded as a thought leader. I don't want people, you know, looking to me for whatever. 
And if you want people, if you want all of those things, I think maybe this episode will help ask, help you ask the question, why? What if that's not really, I mean, because, you know, this is the other part of it. Our metrics of success are based on very skewed perspectives, in my opinion, and are based on the success of people who ultimately I don't think are good people. I don't think Jeff Bezos is an ethical person. I don't think Bill Gates is an ethical person. I don't think Elon Musk is an ethical person. I don't think Jack Dorsey is an ethical person. I don't think Mark Zuckerberg is an ethical person. I mean, we can keep going down the list. I don't think any, I think these guys play ball and, and do shady deals uh, with everything that's wrong in this world. It's, it's hilarious that somehow they, those asshats get to decide what you or I can say online or, you know, what, uh, what businesses are allowed to operate and which ones are not, which is absolutely the ramifications of shutting down, shutting out somebody from AWS. What qualifications do they have for that? Even if you believed in qualifications, what qualifications do they have for that? Do they go to, you know, did they go to Berkeley uh, for clinical psychology at all? Did, I mean, what, who are these people? You didn't even elect them for fuck's sake. And yet they basically are playing politics right now. No, you have to solve this. We have to solve this for ourselves. Okay. You have to solve it for yourself. You have to take this into your own hands. No, you don't. Before somebody gets ridiculous, you don't have to go uh, in your own backyard, dig up your own sand and bake your own chips. You know, so <laughs> you just, no, <laughs> no one's saying that at all. Okay. That, that is an argument. Those kind of arguments are uh, outrageous and a tactic in my opinion. Just like saying, well, a world without Google, how would you know where to go with maps and all this other stuff? Or how would you find anything on the internet? You, and, and again, you, you know, I just instantly want to say to people, it's like, you realize there was an internet without Google, right? And that it was very, you know, it was very informative and very enjoyable. I was there. Like, <laughs> people. <laughs> So anyway, I, I would love for you to check out this classic conversation. I think it's a great refresher. It's a, it's a great, again, a reality check on perspective. On what do you want? Which is the most important question that any one of us can really ask. And this classic conversation will make you ask it. Um, I am going to go to a sponsor quick, but then as soon as we come back, it goes right into, you'll hear the little dream sequence music and it goes right into that classic conversation, live in obscurity from 2019. And I will let the show ride out with it. I will see all of you woo, on the other side. Don't worry. Sovereign tech can never be shut down. Hey, is Sovereign Tech not enough for you? Well, let me tell you about something you'll never get enough of. No, no, I mean it. We're talking about a radio show and podcast that goes all night long, seven nights a week, three hours a night, 365 days a year, and has been going since the early aughts, baby. I am talking about none other than Free Talk Live. It's the show you control. That's right. It's an open phones call-in show that is ready for you. And if you're worried that your voice isn't going to get heard, 
Don't be. We are talking about the only libertarian radio show stateside. And not only that, it's also the number 26 talk show in the United States. Start listening now and go ahead and hit that massive back catalog at freetalklive.com. The Golden Stallion guarantees a good time, and you might even find some episodes with me on them when you do. That's freetalklive.com, and we thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech. Let's get back to the show. Because you know, one of the reasons that uh, parents are so willing to buy Apple devices for kids is because Apple is known to be well, shall we say conservative, um, in what they allow in the app store uh, on iOS devices, as in, you know, there's a lot of different apps, say apps that show perhaps some nudity or even suggest, you know, sexually suggestive material, or, uh, like say an app that even just in the icon has a gun, those get regularly banned. Of course, notoriously for years, uh, farting apps were banned from the app store by Apple. So Conservative, I think, is the word. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, a lot of people went over to Google, went over to Android because a lot of that, you know, the, the opportunity to make apps that were, I wouldn't even say risque, but are just, you know, don't have such stringent rules against them uh, were accepted. That is no longer the case. Um, just in the past couple of weeks, Google has really, really hammered down uh, on what's avail- what's allowed in the Play Store. And without question and openly, this is all about making the Play Store a safe place for kids. So they're, you know, they're just taking, uh, you know, a page out of uh, out of Apple's playbook um, for this. But I mean, there's there's already been the case now. Apparently, this more had to do with uh the ability to purchase within the app as compared to, you know, as, as compared to it actually being about marijuana, but there were uh, marijuana apps that were uh, banned from the play store. But apparently if they just update their shopping capabilities to where and this is something else Apple did, Apple like won't let you buy like the Amazon app. Remember when the Amazon app got banned from the app store by Apple, it was because the Amazon app was like, or maybe it was the Kindle app, whatever was allowing you to buy books through the Kindle app itself. It was creating a separate store and thus effectively a place where Apple wasn't getting a cut of the, you know, cut of the change. Okay. A cut of the profits. And they don't like that. Well, Google's doing the exact same thing now, quite frankly. And that's really what it's about. Um, I mean, but they were banning marijuana apps again. Apparently Google came out and said it wasn't about the marijuana. They just have to update their, the ability to do in-app purchases and all this stuff. Uh, they're taking a stand against loot. Now they're basically saying that if you have any kind of lottery within like your game where it's like loot boxes and all this, which is, you know, thinly veiled gambling, um, you know, that, that you have to openly put what the odds are of you winning a prize, I guess. I don't fuck with, with loot boxes. I, I don't mess with games that have IAP really, unless it's an IAP where I spend five bucks and I get the, the full game. I, I, I just refuse to play anything or use any app. I mean, some apps, maybe I'd be willing to go with a subscription, but very few. Um, I just refuse to pay for something where it's not one and done. You know, that's, I, I have no interest in that. I think it's a complete waste of money. Otherwise that's just me, but that's how I feel about it. So anyway, they've, they've got, they've really cracked down on loot boxes. Uh, they're cracking down more on hate speech. Again, all of the stuff is the same thing that Apple does. And also there is a crackdown on sexual content, including just sexually suggestive, uh, content. So 
I mean, the, the interesting thing here to take away, in my opinion, is that really any argument that somehow, and I know I've made them in the past two years ago, any argument that Google was somehow the more uh, palatable platform or that Android was the more palatable platform because the Play Store, um, you know, allowed for a greater breadth of content. Perhaps if you're somebody who's into some kind of adult content, you were allowed to access it through the Play Store or not just adult, but uh, I don't know, illicit, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I don't want to say illicit either. I mean, fuck legality, but you you get my point. (laughs) Okay. That's not true anymore. They're becoming just as bad as Apple. And the thing is, is that this, all of this stuff can be very arbitrary. All of these rules that they lay down could be extremely arbitrary. And it just goes to show, folks, we have to get away from these app repositories being controlled by the tech giants. Now, Android's still a valid platform. Why? Because you can install like F-Droid or other app stores. I mean, and we're not even getting into, I would love to talk about it this week, but I want to see what happens with more of the fallout. But Huawei, the shitstorm that they're going through, where they're getting banned from like, you know, the SD Alliance and a lot of other things, they are not going to be allowed to load Android on. They have to come out, it was it Arc OS, I think that they're going to end up calling it. They have to create their own app store and all this stuff. I mean, fortunately, Android is open source to a degree where you can easily adapt to that and, and just build off of it quickly. And hopefully people's user experience doesn't change much, kind of like how you can use Lineage OS and still install Android apps on it because it's just a basically a fork of Android. Um, I mean, so Android's still valid in that sense, but this clamping down by Google and all that should really be bringing it to fore that, wow, we need independent app repositories. And, you know, I mean, there's there's dangers around those because sometimes you don't know what you're installing when you don't have, you know, Google's like Play Store Protect, making sure that there isn't any kind of malware or other malicious stuff involved with the app. But really, I think it's a, it's a case where we got to take the risk of, you know, getting away from the the very arbitrary controls that these, that the, you know, Apple and Google are both engaging in with what kind of apps are allowed. Um, I mean, cause look, you know, if you're guy, gal, Z, whatever, you know, in, in, in your, whatever age you happen to be, you know, you're an adult. Who's to tell you what kind of content you can consume and can't consume. I mean, I, I just, I think that that's, that's absolutely nuts that there's those kinds of restrictions, you know, and, and, and to make things even crazier, it, it feels arbitrary, even on which apps Google goes after, which is very strange. I mean, like how's the Infowars app still, and especially when they talk about like hate speech, like their hate speech rules, maybe now it's going to change because their hate speech, hate speech rules are more specific than some I've seen, but they're still very broad. I'm amazed like that the Infowars app is still in there and there's others too. I, I mean, because then also these platforms, they're also banning, you know, uh, like, you know, videos from YouTube, say, particularly like from someone like Infowars and and some others. Uh, You know, how do you how do you ban like the content, say the videos or podcasts or whatever that a lot of these what what I think, you know, people on the left would call it would would classify as hate speech and, and, you know, and that others would classify as hate speech and all this. How do you ban that from like your you know, your platforms, your distribution platforms, but then from like your app stores, you're not doing anything about apps that can still distribute that very same content. Uh, I mean, maybe this is a step in that direction, but then you might want to pay attention and have some concern 
around the fact that this can be arbitrary and these rules can change at any given time. And your app that could be very popular, making you a lot of money for whatever reason, uh, because I don't know what, what happens in it, but it just suddenly breaks the rules that Google has and, and you're kicked off. I mean, do you have other options with Android? Again, like I said, sure you do, but you know, you got to make people aware of these options. And I think it's the writings on the wall that we got to start getting more and more people off of these major app repositories and looking at the alternatives. I mean, that doesn't mean, you know, yeah, we're not going to get away from the Google play store right now or anything, but I think it's time to start developing a lot of these alternatives in other parts of the world. People don't realize that in other parts of the world, they're very commonplace China, uh, lots of countries. And granted those, not to say that those, some of those app stores don't have, uh, structures of control, around them, uh, either, but you know, in other parts of the world, alternative app stores, again, very, very commonplace, you know, people aren't beholden to the app store or to, well, I mean, if you have an iPhone, you don't, you have very few options as far as that goes, but if any, you know, jailbreak broken devices, that that's another conversation, but like the Google play store no, around the world, lots of people have other options. And I think in other parts of the world, we need to start paying attention to that. Just bringing that up. So, okay, let's get into our main story for this week. And the main story, like I said, this is kind of, kind of part of what's really going to be a, almost a trilogy of, um, well, maybe it's a way of doing cypherpunking right. And well, we'll, we'll see how that shapes up. I might not get to this next week, uh, you know, kind of closing out this trilogy. Um, but this, this is important. In fact, I'm going to bring up something to you. My, if I have a regret with doing this show, with doing Sovereign Tech for so many years now, now obviously I don't regret my audience. I mean, the thousands and thousands of you, I'm so honored that so many of you listen and so many of you have been listening for all of these years. That that blows my fucking mind. Thank you. But there's a part of me that kind of wishes I was more anonymous or particularly, I'm not saying like that the way, I, I mean, sure, I use, um, you know, I use tails. I mean, I can do lots of things where I can, uh, you know, be anonymous as far as I want to go with that. But a part of me wishes I started this show without you knowing just who in the hell I am or without having it be about really about Brian Sovereign. And like, I can't help but think of, and this story I'm about to share with you is relevant to social media and the obsession with social media today as well. Uh, Like I, I'm a little jealous of the Twitter accounts like Swift on security, or, you know, there's a few of these where you have no idea who the hell's running this thing. You have no idea who they are, but they're just putting out dynamite shit. Obviously it's somebody brilliant. Maybe it's multiple people actually. Um, but it's really, really great stuff. You don't know who's doing it, but it's just, you know, one of these anonymous Twitter accounts that you can follow. Uh, and they're often laying out some really great truth and they get to do so of course, without repercussions or at least without some repercussions. But at the same time, the, the classical cypherpunk in me, shall we say, has a real problem with being known. You know, like that I'm like a known commodity. I mean, I'm honored. I get asked to speak at events, you know, all the time. Uh, I'm really honored by that. Okay. But at the same time, like I I appreciate that. But then also, like, I don't really want to be known. I shouldn't be known. If I am doing all the things that I've been laying out on Sovereign Tech, you know, all the different technologies to use, all the way technologies should be implemented and so on. Ultimately, you kind of shouldn't know who I am. 
You know, I don't need the fame. I actually don't even want the fame. I want my opinion out there. I mean, I've said this many times. The reason I do Sovereign Tech is so that, you know, like I just, I don't hear what my, my ideology. I don't hear my beliefs. I don't hear my opinions. I don't hear my thoughts or the knowledge that are the factoids or whatever that I know. I don't hear them getting put out into the world. So I took it upon myself to put myself and my ideologies, opinions, factoids, etc., out there. And that's really the ultimate reason why this show exists. It is not because I need some kind of celebritydom. Again, I think if you're doing life right, you ignore that. Um, now, I mean, I am a big fan of, I mean, I'm not saying this person's 100% accurate, then again, who is? I'm a big fan of Epicurus. In fact, this will come up in this article. And I have quoted Epicurus many times, um, you know, throughout Sovereign Tech's history. But Epicurus has a classic saying, and there's no way I'm not going to botch up the, uh, the Latin on this, so I will just say it for you in English, and that is, live in obscurity. Very, very classic, and Epicurus, understand, is one of the classical hedonists, um, and interestingly, now, I mean, I self-identify as a hedonist completely, of course, an ethical hedonist, but a hedonist nonetheless, um, and look, I've done so many episodes about hedonism if you think that it means me just getting trashed or something like that, whatever, you have no idea what hedonism is about. You could even start on Wikipedia, and it's amazing how that will not be the definition that shows up. Because fortunately, there are people who have a, a much better sense uh, of language than, uh, well, I guess the, the mass of the populace. But regardless, or the mass of the populace, that, that that's talk about not having a graspable language, that's kind of saying the same thing. Uh, regardless, ironically... As a hedonist and someone who has kind of spoken out about stoicism here and there uh, throughout the run of Sovereign Tech, I am actually going to read parts of, not the entirety, you can read the entirety, link is in the show notes. I am going to read parts of a, uh, a blog post, effectively, on Medium from uh, one of the guys who's really, he's really repopularized stoicism for people today. Grant you, as I say, whenever I've critiqued Stoicism, the Stoicism that people are espousing to you today is not the Stoicism that was practiced, you know, thousands of years ago. Um, they, they are very, very different things. And, and you can see, in fact, most people, what they think is Stoicism is actually, a lot of it's actually hedonism now. But regardless of that, and we're not, we're not going to get into, into that conversation right now. Uh, but here's the story. The story is, or the, the blog post and again, I'm not going to read the entirety, but there's important things to take away from here. Important things that speak to your interactions with technology today, social media, any app you can think of, you go down the list. Okay. And let's, and, and I want to give Ryan Holiday cre uh, credit here because in this blog post, he does quote Epicurus. He does quote a hedonist saying that he got it right. So I'll give him the credit for that. Maybe that's why I'm so willing to, to actually entertain this and read this, but here's the title of the blog. Here's why you've never heard of the most successful people in the world. Now, a lot of my listeners, and this is just from April 5th. This is just from, uh, from this year, from 2019. A lot of my listeners might think, well, the reason you don't hear about the most successful people in the world is because it's a new world order and they're all, they're hiding in the shadows. They're the Rothschilds, blah, 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 whatever, all that horse shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, and anyway, let's read what, some of what Ryan Holiday has to say. Because, again, I think there is a real takeaway from this and something to consider. So here we go. The vast majority of successful people who have ever lived are people you've never heard of. If we are to drill down further and consider happy 
uh, successful people, that being successful people that are happy, it's almost certain that we haven't heard of them. Hmm. The reason for that is something called the survivorship bias. Only a very small number of stories and identities make their way into the history books or into legend. And by definition, those that sought fame and fortune beyond what any human could possibly enjoy are often overrepresented among them. Even my own writing is guilty of this. I tell stories about Rockefeller and Grant and Alexander the Great. I don't talk about the people who were talented but had a better sense of what was enough. A better sense, I'm standing breaking and I'm going to repeat that, a better sense of what was enough. Or the ones who were happy to let others get all the credit while they played for the love of the game and the craft. This is true of the Stoics, too, who I have helped to popularize. Of course, talking about Ryan Holiday, reading on. It's only possible to write about the extremely successful ones, the emperors and the writers, the playwrights and the generals, because those are the ones whose names were etched into the record. But given the popularity of Stoicism in Rome and throughout history, the vast majority of Stoics would have been ordinary people living ordinary lives of discipline and virtue. Fathers, mothers, businessmen, diplomats, and blacksmiths, there would have been literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Stoics over the last 2,500 years, and many of them were arguably better and more admirable than Marcus Aurelius, or Seneca, or Cato. In fact, Stanley breaking I'm, I'm going to cut in on this. So I know a lot of people want to talk about, well, if hedonism, because I've made the claim that hedonism, which in many ways is the antecedent to Stoicism, if hedonism is, and, and I've made this claim, that it is the original human philosophy, like, the, in fact, I dare say it's what we're born into in a state of nature. If it's the original, how come there aren't much writings about it? Now, I've laid out somewhat of a degree what could be called a conspiracy theory that, you know, a lot of it's been burned to the ground, a lot of those writings and everything. But what if it's just as simple as is that the hedonists were doing exactly, A, what Ryan Holiday is going to be talking about here, you know, or living like these Stoics who were Stoics far better than Marcus Aurelius ever was. He's the one you look to, to read about Stoicism far better than Seneca, but they did it right because they lived like Epicurus said, they lived in obscurity. Perhaps the hedonists did it right. And they lived their lives, their proper lives as laid out within perhaps the ideology of hedonism, you know, in obscurity. And so you never know about them. You don't have the writings. You don't have any of that. Why? Because they just did their thing. They understood what was enough, and that's going to be a, a key point of what I'm going to talk about here, but I want to keep reading on. So here we go. Uh, it might also be said that the ones we've never heard of, those were the lucky ones. It wasn't fun to be the head of state. It wasn't fun to be executed by a head of state either. It wasn't as fun. It wasn't as fun as you think to be Rockefeller or Kennedy or Lance Armstrong. In a famous profile in the Atlantic on Saddam Hussein, whoo, uh, Mark Bowden wrote that quote: "One might think that the most powerful man has the most choices, but in reality, he has the fewest. Too much depends on his every move." End quote. This is true not just for dictators, but for anyone in a position of power, influence, or responsibility. For instance, the now standard prescription for an American president after he leaves office, the former most powerful person in the world, is to sign a book deal relegating them, uh, you know, no, obligating them to uh, slock in on television shows and an endless series of hostile interviews. Then they have to raise the money for their own monument to their own honor, the presidential library. And it's all downhill from there. Uh, see Bill Clinton, who's the most, quote unquote, the most powerful man in the world, a couple terms removed as just another lame guest on Pittsburgh's 96.1's morning freak show with Mikey and Big Bob. Listen to his, uh, well, anyway, he gives a few more examples about, you know, where being in power actually doesn't really give you power. In fact, that's kind of the gist of what we're going to get here, okay, is that power actually comes from not 
from from that living in obscurity, from perhaps not having the responsibility, from not being in charge, from not being well known. That's where real the ability to truly choose what you want to do with your life comes from. But let's read on. Along with extreme success comes extreme costs. It is often an all-consuming drive that draws one to the spotlight and inevitably and inevitably to dark places as well. Alexander the Great died at age 32 after he'd driven himself and his men to the ends of the earth. Joseph Kennedy, who created a multi-generational legacy of powerful, brilliant children, also lobotomized his own daughter because she couldn't quite measure up. And what the what of the countless successful people who lost their privacy, spouses, or youth in the pursuit of dominance in some sport or in business or politics? What of those who kept reading? and reaching after they had success and destroyed everything they had built with the final overstretch. What does this have to do with you? Isn't, isn't there someone whose status and success you envy? Someone who has gotten more recognition, who has sold more books or widgets or real estate, real estate, who has won more medals or set more records? And when we think of these people, we think, quote, oh, they're the lucky ones. They got what I should have gotten, end quote. But is that really true? Maybe the lucky ones are the hidden figures, the people who don't suffer the burdens of a public office or a clique of hangers, uh, hangers or the uh, anxiety of a reputation to uphold or the chorus of critics. They're the ones who are deprived. Please. Most people with a public persona tell you that the downsides outweigh the upsides. Stanley breaking in for a second. I can think of quite a few people who have said that. Jim Carrey. Uh, I mean, there's a long, long list of people who talk about that sort of thing. Reading on, they have a target on their back from critics. They have less creative freedom. They feel irresponsible when they turn down opportunities because they know other people would kill for the chance. It's not all bad, of course, but there are real problems that go along with fame and fortune. Meanwhile, several studies have shown that there are diminishing returns to happiness the higher you get in the income tax bracket. Once your basic needs, and then some, are taken care of, money may actually make things harder. You know the song lyric, Mo Money, Mo Problems, but the same is true for other forms of success. A mayor, do, a mayor doesn't usually see their hair turn gray as fast as a president. A working uh, character actor doesn't have to deal with being typecast. The creator who never quite becomes the next big thing might actually have a longer, more endearing career than the debut artist who, uh, who is fed about town. It's why a few years ago, the notoriously private but still wonderfully popular musician and songwriter Sia would write, quote, if anyone besides famous people knew what it was like to be a famous person, they would never want to be famous, end quote. There's an old joke along those lines. The best way to punish someone is to give them exactly what they wish for. In fact, I'll give you a real world, real world example of this, not just Sia, but I'll, I'll give you another music example. How about that? guy named Hugh McDonald. Ever heard of this guy? Do you know who Hugh McDonald is? Now, maybe if you're somebody who listens to one of my other shows, who maybe if you listen to the Hard and Fast podcast, you might know who Hugh McDonald is. Hugh McDonald is a musician, an American musician, tremendous one at that. Uh, he's a bass player. And do you know what band he's in? Bon Jovi. But wait a minute. You're like, well, I've heard of Tico Torres. I've heard of Richie Sambora. I've heard of David Bryan. I've heard of John, John Bon Jovi. I, hell, I've maybe I've even heard of Alex, uh, uh, you know, Alex Van Such or whatever. And like, who the hell's Hugh McDonald? Precisely. Maybe you've even heard of Phil X. I don't know. Hugh McDonald replaced. He became their session bassist and also their touring bassist uh, quite a few years ago for Bon Jovi. Nobody knows who he is. He loves that fact. He loves the fact that he can be on stage playing to thousands of people whenever the fuck Bon Jovi decides to play, that he gets to be on these albums and the hits, you know, and whatever. But nobody has. He, in fact, he won't even show up in a lot of the photos. Very few photos will he show up in. He doesn't even want to be known. 
he gets to have the best of both worlds. He has the anonymity of nobody knowing who the hell he was because maybe perhaps because he wasn't in the band, uh, you know, with the early albums like Slippery When Wet and so on. But then, so, you know, but then also he gets to live that rock star, uh, you know, kind of dream of playing in front of thousands of people. Now, the reason that he enjoys not being known because he could be known. He could go and boast around who he is. You know, yeah, I fucking play in Bon Jovi. And is that a boast? Hell, that I mean, you're backing it up, baby. You got to be one of the best to do that. John Bon Jovi's no slouch. You know, I mean, there's a reason that guy's always on top. He loves it because he can go into his local grocery store. He can go, he can stop at a gas station and get out of his car and pump gas. Or he can go wherever the hell he wants. No one's going to have a fucking clue where he is you know, and, and, or who he is and he can just, he can just live his life, but then he can do the rock star dream at the same time. Can John Bon Jovi do that? No, fuck. Everybody recognizes John Bon Jovi. Everybody recognizes Richie Sambora. Tico Torres, the drummer, that guy's got a a, a tremendous look that you can't help but notice. I mean, people are going to recognize them. And so they don't have a moment of privacy. They have a, a real lack of options because they have to be very careful where they even stop unless, you know, they're, they're going to get mauled, uh, you know, maybe in, in a kinder way, but you get my point. So I think Hugh McDonald does it right. I kind of wish I had it set up like Hugh McDonald where, okay, yeah, I have a podcast that's fairly large as far as podcasts go. And, you know, <laughs> but then there's a part of me that just wishes nobody knew who the hell I was. You know what I mean? Like I go to a gym, people, you know, I, I have guys saying hi to me and everything. And I mean, and, and, and it's nice. I'm not, I'm not necessarily complaining. And, and fortunately I'm not like the rock or something like that, but boy, you know, it'd be nice if you're just like completely, well, if, if you lived in obscurity now, let me read on with more with this story. This is a very important subject to talk about. Okay. There's cause there's two big points here, concepts of power and enough. And I want to talk about both of them. Let's read on quote the key. Then when you find yourself wanting more, feeling inferior because you don't have more is to think about that. Don't give the fantasies more weight than they deserve, than they deserve. See them for what they are. When you find yourself pining for fame and recognition, stop and consider what it might actually feel like when you get it, why you think you'll be the exception to the rule and will find happiness in what nearly everyone else in history has, has found to be a chimera. The motto of the philosopher Epicurus, which was taken up by the great essayist Montaigne as well, live in obscurity. The French saying, I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this very well either. It's pour vivre, ro vivant caché. I, I know I did that wrong, but anyway, it's quote, in order to live happily, live hidden. Stanley breaking it. Boy, there's a truth. Take that one to the bank. Well, not to the bank. Actually, don't go to the bank. Take that one to, you know, your your hardware wallet. <laughs> your big take that one to your treasure. All right. <laughs> Reading on. This is not to say you must be poor or a failure. You can still be extraordinary. You just don't have to be the most extraordinary. You don't have to strive to beat out all the other broken people to be the most well known out of everyone who ever wanted to be known. Because what is that actually worth in the long run? Do you think you'll appreciate your fame and money after you die? You think Alexander the Great knows that Alexandria is still standing? So that's the recalibration. There is a big difference between having enough that all your needs are met and being and being a billionaire. He's saying there's a difference between having enough where all of your needs are met. You're still having all your needs met. Maybe even you have a nice car. And then there's being a billionaire. Those are two very different things between being Taylor Swift, the global superstar and Sia. And those differences are not all good. 
In fact, many of them are not objectively, are objectively not good. The next time you feel screwed that you haven't gotten your big break or watch as some potential life-changing opportunity to level up escapes your grasp, ask yourself if that's really the case. Is it really bad luck or has fortune done you a kindness? On the contrary, the life just below the top, the middle-class life, the just enough success but not too much, that's the real blessing. Now, I read this, and fuck, did I, I, I thought this was so, so spot on. Okay, I mean, it really, really was. You know, I hear so many people, okay, and believe me, I hear this, even from people, I'm not going to name names, but even from people that you'd probably think were above this kind of shit, okay? I hear people, man, how do I get five digits in Twitter followers? How do I get a million Instagram followers. Believe me, these are people who you think would not care about that sort of thing. Who you think they'd have it together, right? And who the hell of us even really has it together, right? Let me tell you, as somebody that has worked in advertising, marketing, and PR, and look, I've had my moments where I've had, you know, five digits in like, say, Twitter followers or something like that. I mean, I've been there, you know, I, let me tell you, to get all of those followers, those millions of followers, I mean, you look at, you know, follow the people that are quote unquote, what they call Insta famous, right? On Instagram, they have to post like, I don't know, three, four, however many pictures a day, perhaps their body has to be in some kind of certain shape, you know, to even be able to, you know, get people to look at it. Um, I mean, and to say nothing of the fact that, that the algorithms and, you know, what, whatever Instagram or Twitter or whoever wants to implement as far as how posts are seen in the first place, I mean, they don't even have control over that. But there is, I mean, you really, really, you have to be nonstop. You have to be responding to all those people. And you do, because it's gotten to the point now where people are like, well, if they don't respond to me, I don't really engage. I mean, it is, I can never in my life would I want to be a big deal on social media. I'm on Twitter. Sure. Okay. I mean, and, and people know how, how much I, well, I, I think social media is toxic just the very, the very concept is toxic and a failure. Okay. But to get to these levels that these people appreciate, if you're not a celebrity for doing something else, if you're just like social media famous, I mean, you have no life. You're going 24 seven. You're always available. It's fucking insane. Or you have these people who talk about, Oh, like, I don't know, whatever that ass hat with his four hour work week and whatever, whatever that dumbass's name is. Okay. You have these guys that write these books. Oh, you know, you get other people to do it and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you think that you don't have to put in all that work. No, you have to be constantly available. Even if you have a bunch of probably what in, in his mind, was it Tim something in his mind, what he probably thinks are a bunch of peons. Okay. You know, to, to have all the, all, you know, all those ducks in a row, you have to be constantly on in your brain. You're pretty much encountering the world with only half of your attention at best at any given moment. Because you're constantly thinking, again, even if you have other people do it, you're constantly on and blah, 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 you know, just to, I don't know why, because you want to, you, you want to become like crazily rich. You want to have billions of dollars and all this stuff. When here's the question I want to posit to you. Look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you wanting, you know, a lot of money and stuff like this, but isn't there such a thing as enough? Even, even ANCAPs, even the ANCAPs listen to me. Come on. Like how much do you really need? In fact, I know some of the best ANCAPs that I know, 
you know, they get to, you know, a certain amount of money with a certain amount of zeros behind it. And they're like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, they will do their best you know, they're going to just invest smart. And then they just, they more or less coast on that the rest of their lives. And I know guys, guys and gals have done that. That's exactly what they do. A lot of, a lot of Bitcoin uh, people. I know that they do the same damn thing and right on to them. Okay. They made it. They've got, they've got that, that nest egg or whatever. They make it work for them. They do some Harry Brown shit and, you know, and which read Harry Brown, you know, they do that and, you know, permanent portfolio, whatever. And then they just, they, they roll with it. Okay. And they never have to work another day in their life, but are, you know, are they suffering at all? Fuck no. What? They're, they're not going and hanging out on yachts. So the fuck what? I mean, I, I hear a lot of people, or should I say, I read a lot of people, you know, say online or whatever. Oh, let me show you how to be balling. Let me show you. I have women all over me. I'm driving this car. I've got all this cash in my hand and blah, blah, blah. Look, baby. A, okay, fine. You want love in your life? I don't know. If you think that having what are crazy amounts of money and that you have to impress women that way and all that, I mean, you've got more problems than you can imagine. And you're going to end up with the most superficial relationships. I mean, you're not going to have happiness there. You're just not. And that's the thing is that I don't think we consider like what exactly is enough for you. You tell me what is enough and not to get all like fight club about this or anything, but there's some truth to the statement, to the quote from fight club where, you know, the things you own end up owning you. Or how about the, here's another movie quote from, from a different movie, but the quote is, is that the more they own, the less they're worth. There's a lot of these things. A lot of these cases where, you know, I, I don't get it. Like, like, what are you shooting for? Like, do you really need to be that billionaire? I don't want to be Bill Gates. No, I don't. I have no interest in that because you know what happens when you become Bill Gates? You saw, we saw what happened when you become Bill Gates. You get the fucking, you have the government breathing down your goddamn neck and making, you know, a grown man cry like they did to Bill Gates. So I want you to consider, we have a beautiful, especially with, with cryptocurrencies, we have a beautiful opportunity to hold our wealth with as much obscurity. And yeah, it could have been done with cash too, to some degree. Sure. But we have the beautiful opportunity to hold our wealth and our value in obscurity, and we can be obscure ourselves. And that's a direction that I think we should push. And I, I mean, yeah, you want your voice to be heard. You want your opinions to be heard. You want to create, you want to put it out there. You want other people to appreciate it. How many people's enough? Do you really need, I don't need, if I had 2 million listeners, am I going to complain? No, not really. I mean, not about the fact that I have 2 million listeners, but do I need 2 million listeners? Fuck no. Honestly, I just want to feel love. And you know what that means? That means that I could do the show for an audience of one and I would be happy as long as it's the right one. We have these strange lifestyle obsessions. We have these strange obsessions with, I don't know, looking. Yeah, I don't get it. What? Look, I've jumped out of planes. I don't know. What, what makes that so fucking rebellious? Oh, wow. I jumped out of a plane. Holy shit. You know, man, look at me. I'm fucking rich. And I'm, what is that? What kind of life is that? What, so you can get a great picture for Instagram? Holy shit. You ever live for you? I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of the things I talk about on Sovereign Tech, 
a lot of people are afraid of it for, for a few reasons, like getting off of, you know, social media, deleting this account and that having fewer accounts, using less services, not using like the latest and greatest smartphone or, you know, to, to shine somebody on because holy shit, you know, yeah, you want to be with a person that's impressed by the fact that you have the fucking iPhone, uh, triple X, I don't know, whatever the, the, the latest one is. How pathetic. But I think a lot of people, you know, they don't want to, again, they don't want to leave social media. They don't want to leave Facebook Messenger. They don't want to leave this or that because I think that they're afraid if they do, they are going to miss out on some kind of opportunity in their life. Be it love, maybe it's something to do with money, whatever. But I want to, the question I want to ask you on that are, are, are two. Okay. We got into the concept of power. We talked about how, you know, actually having power comes with, you know, a degree of responsibility and that responsibility may not lead to happiness, which you think you get from having the power that you're talking about, whatever that power looks like. It could be a promotion. It could be more money, whatever. Okay. We talked about that. We talked about how, you know, with the concept of having enough and being happy, you know, with that and recognizing what's really happy. And that's what I want to touch on here. You're worried you're going to miss out perhaps on some kind of business opportunity or something like that, or you're not going to have enough people, you know, to, to look at whatever your creative endeavor is, you, you know, you name it. Okay. Or you're worried that you're not going to find perhaps the love of your life. I understand these things and putting yourself out there in some way, I would argue there's plenty of other ways to do it besides fucking social media and perhaps even the internet. Okay, like you can, you can, as I've said many guys, as I've said, and gals and Z's, as I've said many times, you want to meet the love of your life, just do what you're doing. And, you know, if you need to just wait until someone shows up there that's doing the same thing as you are, then you already have a foundation and it's not based on the fake representation of yourself or others that ends up happening online because that's everybody showing off their Ooh, best life, whatever the fuck that is. But A, I find it very hard to believe that anyone really just wants money for the sake of money. Like, are you really obsessed with those pieces of paper? I mean, if you're into Bitcoin, yeah, you might be obsessed with the technology and promoting the technology. That might be a little bit of a different thing. But then there's no other money quite like Bitcoin, is there? That's that's kind of a unique uh, uh, situation where it's the transmitter, it's the network and the money at the same time, right? Yeah. So that's a little bit different, but you, I think you understand what I'm saying. I don't know many people that just want money for money's sake or even all the things that you want. Okay. A lot of the great joys in life, you know, I mean, fuck, do you, ha- do you really have to own a Porsche or could you just, you know, there's services, what is it, Turo or whatever, there's services out there now where you can just rent one for a day and you can go out there and have a good time, you know, and it's a hell of a lot cheaper and way more practical and you don't have to worry about storing it or the insurance or anything like that if you just rent the damn thing. Or whatever it is that you want. Here's the thing. I think what you're looking for is connection from other human beings. That's what you really want. You want to be connected to other people. And I appreciate that. And so do I. You want, perhaps you want to find the love of your life. I totally understand that. Totally understand that. Okay. Then what you're really going after And I'm not the first person to ever say this sort of thing, okay, but this drives the point home, and we'll probably run this right through to uh, to the end, okay? What you're really going after is 
you don't want money. You don't want the yacht. You don't want all this fancy shit. You don't want this blah, blah, blah. You just want love in your life. Okay. Well then get, go after love, make love the goal, not being on social media, trying to impress people with something clever that you said or some other kind of nonsense. Okay. Don't do that. Just, or, you know, don't, don't like pretend cut out the middleman and just go and find that love in your life. And believe me, it is out there. That person is out there for you. Trust me. And you're going to feel that foundation and connection with this person far better than when you have to cut through all the crap or play the 20 questions game or whatever, because you met this person on social media or I don't know, whatever the fuck you did, however you made it happen. I, I have no idea. Okay. Trust me, you, you really can make this work. And if you want to say you're online because you're engaging in activism or you're doing all this other stuff, blah, blah, blah. You're not, trust me, you're not going to change things that way. You're just not. I've said this so many times. I'm going to say it again. Here's a nice refresher. Do you remember what you posted on social media? Uh, I don't know, two days ago. I bet you thought it was the most, the most fucking important thing you've ever posted in your life. You just came up with the most brilliant thing. You have no idea what it is today. You don't know. And I guarantee you, nobody else knows. It is, I mean, you could say what we do in life echoes in eternity. Yeah, what we do, not what we fucking post and put out there in digital horseshit. You've got to get out there. You've got to live. But live in obscurity where that gives you the opportunities where you're off the radar. Okay, this is something else. You know, we we're talking earlier about episode 200. During episode 200, I told you about this. I said things are going to get to such a, you know, to such a place. And there was that classic video. I, I keep saying classic. Now I consider it a classic. <laughs> okay. There was that very telling video from the Pentagon. It was a training video that, um, uh, Glenn Greenwald, his, his outfit ended up putting out there. Okay. The intercept, right. That they put out there where it talked about how within 10 years, and this is like three years ago or so within 10 years, there's going to be so many encrypted technologies and all these different technologies. You could tell they were kind of talking about cryptocurrencies as well. There's going to be all these technologies that basically people are going to be able to live outside of the system. That's really what they were saying. Okay. If you got to go find the show notes for episode 200, go ahead and do it. And you can watch the video and you can see my point. And that's, that's the trick, but that's not, you're not losing something because nobody knows your name or because most people don't know you quite the opposite. You're actually gaining something. You're gaining the actual freedom you've been trying to get. This whole time, supposedly with your activism, or maybe you'll actually get that love and be able to enjoy that love without being weighed down by being constantly available online to handle this email or to do this or whatever. You can get out of that whole system. It's ugly, folks. And you say, yeah, but if I'm not there for that email, I might not get to a billion dollars. And then I want you to ask yourself why the fuck you want a billion dollars. I'm not going to tell you, you want what you want. That's up to you. You want to, I say this all the time. I'm not going to judge. You want to, you want to, you know, you want to spend your life with a bag of Doritos on a couch. And I'm serious watching whatever, you know, you want to watch the latest Babylon five or something or game of Thrones. Okay. I'm going to judge you. If you're going to watch that horse shit, if you're going to watch game of Thrones, screw that. All right. But you know, you want, that's what you want to do with your life. You're happy. There you go. The purpose of life. I say this over and over again. I'm going to say it again. The purpose in life is to be happy, but I would argue with, I would argue that the only way to be truly happy where every moment, every choice is truly your own is if you live in obscurity. 
if you want, like the French, like the French saying went, if you want to be happy, live hidden. If you want to live happy, live hidden. And I think we're, we're very confused about that. And I don't know, I, I, I don't exactly understand. I mean, maybe there's things that people want to do where they feel like they have to be an activist for it and they have to somehow normalize it and push it out there. I think the best way to normalize shit is to just fucking live it unapologetically. You know, am I, am I complaining saying, oh, how terrible that there's some people out there that have gotten some uh, notoriety and, uh, you know, might be even seen as heroes or things like this. Well, to not get into the whole philosophy around the problems of having heroes, you know, we'll, 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 you know, I'm glad that there's people out there that have done things that have brought to light uh, a lot of the, the nastiness, a lot of the dirty deeds that authoritarian structures in this world today have been doing. I'm very, very glad for people that have done that work and put that out there. But I guarantee you a lot of those same people have a very different understanding of what happiness is and what they really want in life. And they have a different understanding of what's important. You know, not that I want everybody to go through this. Okay. I mean, again, you think I'm just like rambling or that, what does this have to do with tech or science or anything like that? I think it has everything to do with it because there's a reason that we want privacy because privacy gives us ultimately our choices because that way, whatever you want to call it, we'll just say the surveillance society isn't looking at you and going down your throat because they find something objectionable or because they want to tell you what they want you to do for them. You get to live for yourself. You need to know why that this is important and that in fact, the opposite direction of living, even to the point where you think that it's a good thing because it makes you famous is actually harmful ultimately, or even if there's some degree of happiness that comes with that, it's not as great as the happiness is when you live in obscurity. I want you walking away with that message. Live in obscurity. Let me assure you something, though. This concept of having enough, that is another key concept of living in obscurity. Now, I don't necessarily agree with the minimalists, okay? I get called a minimalist all the time, all right? Fine, whatever, okay? I just don't like to be weighed down. It's not something where, like, I am, uh, again, kind of that, that saying the fight club saying, right. Where, you know, the things you own end up owning you. I don't like to be owned, but a point I want to get to, and it's kind of a somber one. I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to end with this, but I think it's important to bring up those people, you know, who have really like put it all on the line, you know, for whatever they felt was right and true you know, and now they have to, you know, perhaps like, like an Edward Snowden has to go and run off and live who know who knows where and how uncomfortably or whatever. Again, when you get into a situation where your life, either your actual life is in your ability to breathe or whether or not you're going to end up in jail or, you know, a prison, something like that. When your life is on the line or life uh, livelihood is on the line, you get a very suddenly instantly in your head, things come to your mind that you, you suddenly realize what's really important. Now, I don't want people to have to go through that sort of thing. I don't want any single one of you to have to go through wondering what is it like to actually be faced with potentially going to prison for your life, you know, for forever. Um, you know, and they throw away the key. I don't want you to have to have a near, you know, a, a near death experience. And I don't mean like seeing white lights. I mean, almost dying. I've been there. Okay. I almost died. I was shot, was bleeding. Like there was no tomorrow. And that is an absolute, that that's not metaphor. There could have been no tomorrow for me. 
Okay, this is back when I was in the military. I know, I know that taste. I'm not boasting about it because I wish it never happened. But it gave me a fucking perspective on what the fuck matters. And it gave me the concept of enough. What is enough? And the importance of being happy. And that you go after that with all you've got. But you know what that happiness is. You have to answer that question because you can't. Life's too short. Hopefully we all get to live forever. Or, you know, or live very extended lives thanks to technology and so much else. I'm, I'm on board. Okay? But you've, life right now is too short for you to waste time on doing things that don't make you happy, to waste time on things that aren't under, you know, that aren't of your choice, aren't of your choosing. Maybe if you want to feel like you got to eat shit for a couple of years to be able to get there, okay, fine. But do you really fucking need billions of dollars? Do you really need to be The Rock? Do you need to be Bill Gates? Do you need to be this person or that? No. So I want you to figure out what you truly want. And then I want you to realize, okay, you're going to ask yourself that question first, what you really want. Cue the Spice Girls if you really want to, okay? But then I want you to, when you know what you want, I want you to realize that the only way you can appreciate what you want is if you live in obscurity, is if you're not known is if history doesn't remember you. Or if they do, you know, maybe it's like the old Harlan Ellison saying, right, for a brief time I was here, and for a brief time I mattered. That's what I want you to grasp. Get this, you know, electroplated dreams that you're seeing fucking on on TV or on the internet or whatever. Stop trying to be insta-famous. Stop trying all this horseshit because you're not actually living your life if you're doing that stuff. You can't. It's the way the system is set up. It keeps you trapped. It keeps you... I mean, uh, what's what's the Skid Row song, right? To be king of the world, you, you must slave to the grind. Fuck that. You don't need to be king of the world. Just be the king of, of someone's heart. And then she can be the queen of your heart, or you can both be kings. I don't care. Whatever. Live in obscurity. Appreciate the fact. Understand that without privacy, without anonymity, without all this stuff, and the technologies that can provide all of that today there too, that you will never really be happy because you are constantly going to be under the eye, under the uh, uh, criticism, and so much more. You will be under the forces of other people. And fuck that. Fuck that. Live your own goddamn life. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Sovereign Tech. Sorry it came out a little bit late. Woo! But, uh, you know, it happens. <laughs> but you're going to get another one real soon. So we'll wrap this baby up. And, uh, of course, if you want to get if you want to get all kinds of, I tell you, thousands of hours of content, you know, I, there's, there's so many of you that are in the Zomi One Underground. You can join up to get access to, you get to do the Wednesday Q&A where you can ask questions. And, you know, we get to interact with each other, which, again, it's all about connection, right? But we can do it. Well, actually, it's kind of hidden. It's sort of behind a paywall, right? It's kind of nice. No, anyway. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this episode. Remember what's enough. Live in obscurity. I will see all of you on the next Sovereign Tech. I'll see you whoo, on the other side. <laughs>